Okay. Right. Now, shall I get you the word? Because I'm excited. Once you get the word, you'll have the faith for miracles and signs and wonders. Are you ready? Okay. Come on. Let's do this. Okay. So I'm taking off from where I started. Everything you're taking off from where I started in the morning. Okay. Because I was at Pastor Neil's church, and um, I was speaking about the series that Fiona and I have been really laboring uh, for the last couple of months to get the church to understand. Okay, this revelation changed my life. Literally, when I say changed our lives, it changed our life. Okay, now, uh, because I will, in, 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 the, in, in, the sto- in me telling you, uh, explaining the doctrine, I will, might give you a, a peek into what it meant when I say changed my life. But we've had, we've had uh, I don't want to call it rocky because nothing is rocky. But I've had, we've had a few challenges. Let's put it like that, okay? Uh, and uh, so, as you can see, um, and we're not used to challenges. Like, we're used to being challenged, but generally we are doing the challenging, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, but in the last season, we've, we've, had, a, we've, had, we've had times where we, we had to like, what's going on? Like, and we had to really relook at doctrines have we got the right doctrine? Are we preaching the right thing? You know, review a lot of things, uh, and then uh, we realized. Thank God, we realized that we were right. But uh, uh, we, what we didn't realize was how right we were. <laughs> so, so we just become like really right now with this doctrine. Okay, so you're going to hear it. Okay. Um, so basically, you have to understand when Jesus. Okay, are you ready for the word? Because everything is a stream. The prophetic is a stream. The word is a different stream. Worship is a different stream. Okay? Uh, Signs and wonders is a different stream. Okay? When you you work with God, you have people prophesying, but they can't do signs and wonders. You you get it? You get people who do signs and wonders, they can't prophesy. Okay? You have signs and wonders people, they can't preach the word. You have healing people, they can't preach the word. (laughs) Okay? But so... You, you have to get used to switching from one stream to an extreme. So I need to take you with me because now you're still in the prophetic stream. Now, like, ah, let it, you know, <laughs> all right, okay. So now it will bring you realm, revelation, open in Jesus' name, okay. And the angels generally shift guard. Like that dude who was doing the prophetic realm, that was the angel, okay. So he makes, his name is Synchron. He synchronizes people, like connecting like this. His name is Synchron, okay. So he takes a step back and then now, the other guy comes on, okay, now he's bringing the word, okay, so there's the realm of revelation, are you ready? Just lift your hands up for the revelation, in Jesus' name, Father, we declare the realm open, now, okay, now, watch this, why, why did Jesus come, okay, fundamental question, okay, uh, and people say, if you're uh, a church that has not grown in grace, they'll say to forgive our sins, you go uh, a little deeper into understanding, they will say to reconcile us with the Father and stuff like that. Um, but if you look at the narrative from the beginning to the end of this whole thing, is about God trying to establish a people or a group that is literally carrying His divinity, to say it straightforward. Okay? So He's looking at human beings to be able to carry the divine nature, the DNA of Abba, okay? He's looking for that, okay? So now, so, so Jesus Christ was the, 
he, it was the genetic control that he adopted so that you can be modified. Okay, he's a seed. So that's why Jesus came as a seed. The word is a seed. So he's talking of genetics. It means he wanted to do, he wanted to do uh, GMO you. Okay, so, 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 you, so when you understand it like that, you will understand why it says that you need to be born again. And the word born again has to be re-looked, reviewed, and I pray that even the charismatics will just get this, that as you say born again, it doesn't resonate well. Okay, because you have, you have Hindus who believe in being born again and again and again. Okay, so we're just now being born once. Okay, but it doesn't mean born again there. If you look at the words, when you get this, the way you look at the whole Bible changes, okay? It means you are born from above. So Jesus came so that you can be born from above. Okay, and the whole John 3 is explaining, he says, you don't understand, no one has come from above. I'm the only one who came from heaven. Every time the word heaven means from above, that means he's come from a different dimension, okay? So, he's, so he came in as a genetic seed so that now you can be one of those people who are not born of flesh and blood or the will of man, okay? But that you can be born from above, Okay, that is the key about it. So once you understand that, how does that happen? So Jesus needs to come, and first, the first thing he needs to do, he needs to deal with your spirit, because your spirit is dead in trespasses. Your, your spirit is local. Local. He's local, okay? So he's, he's, been, he's in the parameters and the, the confinements of, of, when I say earth, just understand the word... The words in the Bible is celestial and natural. Okay, so he's been confined to the natural. So God has got a problem with natural. That's the first thing you need to understand. He has a problem with natural. It is an offense to him. To be natural, to be normal. Okay, once you see it like that, and you, you will realize... That the word sin has a connection, not with the actions of sinning, okay? But the word sin has a, action, has a connection with the natural patterns and cycles of man. Okay, so that is what it's continuously in the Bible from the beginning. Oh, human beings, oh, they're just eating and drinking and giving in marriage. That statement there, eating, drinking, giving in marriage, eating, drinking, giving in marriage, eating, drinking, giving in marriage, is to do with the patterns and the seasons that are below, okay? And that's why Solomon writes this, um, everything below heaven is a season and a time for everything. And Jesus comes, please understand, and what he does when he curses the fig tree is when he curses the fig tree, what he's cursing is the natural cycles of man. Because he goes to the fig tree fully, fully knowing that it was not the season for the figs. But he expected it. If the fig tree saw the Son of God, he expected the fig tree to give out the produce out of its season. And so when he curses the fig tree, he curses the natural nature of how things work. And he says, the Bible says, for, oh, for as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. And he says, this sucks. Okay? Because, because that is not our portion. 
Okay, that is why on the way to the temple, the religious institution that believes in the patterns and the cycles. Uh, if you're if you're new and you're just hearing me for the first time, okay, I'm praying for you while I'm <laughs> preaching. Okay, because you, he's cursing the the pattern of man, yeah. the cycle of man. So it's not just sin. When you're dealing with sin, it's not sin. We are sinning because of the natural, but it's not even the sinning. Forget it. We just got caught to humanity. So he's got a remedy and a protocol for that. And he says, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow them now to be born from not their mothers and fathers, seasons and times and all that. They're going to be born from above. Okay? So I'm not born again. I'm not born again. You're going to be born again as a man. I'm born from above as a son of God. And that is why Jesus comes as a son. The reason he comes as a son because to explain the, the ability for the father to prolificate. The ability for the father, the DNA of Abba, the father, the divine nature to, to become something. That's why he comes as father and son, father and son. So our God is not just the son. Our God is not just the father. Our God is the father and the son. You understand that? So it's different. It's different. So he, the pattern is shown, okay? The pattern of prolification is shown in father-son. Do you get that? Okay. So now he comes and he curses the fig tree and he says, this system that is natural will not exist again. And then he says, and then he destroys, he goes to the temple and says, this temple system will be destroyed because now we do not need the God to come and go, come and go. He's found his habitation. He's found his seven-star hotel. And that is you. Uh, okay? And he comes in so that you now can become not a natural man, but a celestial being. Is that okay? Now, how he does that is very important because he comes and he initially what he does is your spirit that was local, he makes it, gives it the ability to traverse back into heaven. And how he does that is he forgives your sins. That means he sprinkles, and this is where you, we have to get it, Christians, can we handle this? Can we handle this, Christians? Yeah. He needs to sprinkle your spirit to free your spirit from being local. So what he does is, and so no other religion teaches it. They have to teach about the mind and buddhi and stuff like that. God forgets about, you know, making your mind and stuff like that. He says, I'm going to deal straight with the spirit. He comes and sprinkles your spirit, and he forgives and sprinkles the spirit. The, the, the conscience is the faculty of the spirit. So he sprinkles the conscience with the blood so that now your conscience is free. Because before that, your conscience is condemned under the natural cycles of man. Okay? So now your conscience, that means the faculty of the spirit is the conscience. The faculty of the, the soul is the mind. The faculty of the body is the brain. Okay? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you understand this. We're a tripart being. Okay? So he sprinkles the conscience of man. And then when the conscience is sprinkled, one part of you goes home. Okay? And so you went home and you said yes to Jesus. You don't have to die for that to happen. Okay? So, so he, suddenly you're seated in heavenly places. And you, because your spirit now is in the place it's supposed to be in heaven. And Ephesians explains this. Do you understand that? Okay? So that's why Hebrews starts off. If you look at Hebrews. How do we just thank you? Now we're going to the realm of the word. Remember the prophetic is over. You're the realm of the word. So excitement, okay? Now watch, not he, no, watch Hebrews, okay? It's, it's wonderful. Okay, so he explains it like this. In Hebrews, in, verse, in chapter 9, verse 23, it says this. Now listen carefully. 
Okay, we're talking of the old temple system, the church system, which is touchable, seeable, okay? But when we say we are born again, or if you want to say born from above, what does it mean? Watch. Watch this. Till you understand this, we don't understand what has gone on. Therefore, in verse 23, it says, therefore, it was chapter 9, verse 23, chapter 9, verse 23, therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens, you see? Therefore, necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than these. Interesting. What is these? What are the these that the copies were, the copies were sprinkled? These were the copies. That means the tabernacle, the temple system was just copies of heaven. And these were sprinkled. Okay? To get to understand what it was sprinkled with, you go to verse 21. Okay, watch this. In verse 21 it says, Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the whistles of the ministry. Is it there? Huh. So all the whistles of the ministry and the tabernacle were sprinkled by blood. Is it there? And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Okay. Then he goes to the therefore it was necessary that the copies of these things should be sprinkled by blood. Is it there? Yeah. Verse 24. For Christ has not entered, say not entered. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with human hands, which were just copies of the true thing. But he has entered, listen carefully, into heaven itself for Okay, so when you said yes to Jesus, what he's doing is those days with the blood of bulls and goats, okay, for heaven to come down and touch the natural things, they had to sprinkle it by blood. So when they sprinkle it by blood, heaven will come to earth. Okay, but because there is no continuous shedding of blood, okay, heaven will lift again. Okay, when it comes, everything is good. When it goes, everything is natural again. Patterns and cycles, patterns and cycles, patterns and cycles. You're dying and you're living, you're living and you're dying, you're getting sick and you're getting healed. You're, you know, you're sowing and you're reaping, you're getting poor one day, rich one day, all this kind of stuff. It's all like very volatile down here. Okay, but up there will come down, touch and go off and then we call that a miracle. Okay, we call it a miracle. But Jesus said, this won't do. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to come and I'm going to sprinkle their spirit which is local, so that no more up coming down, it's now your spirit goes up. Okay? So that's the first thing that happens. So when you say, Jesus, not your mind, your mind is still on the earth, okay? Your body is on the earth, but your spirit, suddenly, this is what means I'm born from above. Suddenly, your spirit goes boom, and he is now seated in heavenly places. Okay? That's what happened when you said yes to Jesus. Do you, do you understand that? If you, if you go further into it, you'll, you'll see in verse, in verse, where is it? In verse uh, 11, it says, but Christ came as a high priest. Okay, say, Christ came as a high priest. Of good things to come. So we're talking of the past. So Christ came as a high, high priest, not of that time, because that time they had the Levite high priest thing. He came of a high priest of a good thing to come. Okay, that's a coming. Now this was written 2,000 years ago. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle, that, come on, say that's me, okay? with a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with human hands, that is not of this creation, 
Okay? Now watch this. Not with the blood of goats, is it there? Or calves. But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all. Is it there? Okay? Verse 13. Now listen carefully. For the blood of bulls and goats and ashes and heifers, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies the purifying of the flesh. Okay? So the Long time ago, when blood of bulls and goats are purified, it's to purify the touchable, seeable flesh. So, because our flesh is dirty, it's sprinkling the flesh so that heaven can come and touch the flesh because it sees the blood. Okay, but there's a different protocol. It's called a new and living way. Okay, so the technology changed. The New Testament technology is completely different. Okay, so now the technology changed. What happened now was it's not with the blood of bulls and goats touching the flesh. Okay, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God to cleanse your conscience? You see that? So now where is the blood being put? On your spirit, on your conscience. If you understand the power of what has happened now, okay, something shifted. Now my conscience got freed. Wow. Okay, so that my conscience can sit in heaven. If you go into Romans 2, it explains the conscience of a man that is not regenerated. Okay, and Romans 2, I won't go into detail of it, but it explains that the, that the Gentiles, okay, you know who the Gentiles are, we were Gentiles, okay, the Gentiles who do not know the law do the things of the law, and it has become a law unto themselves, okay? And then it goes on to explain that this thing is a law to themselves, and the law is written on their hearts. But hey, hello, we thought only in the New Testament the law is written in their hearts. No. The law has always been written in man's hearts. Now watch this. The difference in the New Testament is not just that it's only written in our hearts but that he does not remember our sins any longer. Right. This is who Hebrews we're talking about now. Okay, are you with me? Okay, so what has happened now is that, go into Romans 2, I'll show, this. I'll show this to you. Okay, I'll show this to you. Romans 2. Romans 2. If you were there in the morning service, you will, you will really appreciate what I'm teaching now because it's, a, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's fitting in. Okay, look at Romans 2. Verse 14, for when the Gentiles, Romans 2 verse 14, so when the Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature do the things of the law, is it there? These, although not having the law, are law unto themselves. Is it there? Who show the work of the law written in their? Huh. So that is Old Testament. It's still written in their hearts. But here's the problem. The difference is not whether the law was written in their hearts or not. The difference is in this verse. But although it was written in their hearts, their conscience is bearing witness between themselves and their thoughts are accusing or excusing them. So what is happening is when the law comes into a man's heart, religion comes, the problem is the conscience starts accusing you or excusing you. Come on. Do you understand that? So it's not the problem. So when in Hebrews 10, he talks about the law written on your heart. The emphasis is not that the law is written on their hearts. The emphasis is that though it is now written in their hearts, I will not remember their sins anymore. So the conscience gets free. The conscience gets free. 
So what happens in the New Testament is our conscience is not under the law. It does not accuse us. Come on. Okay. They, why? Because my conscience is blood washed under God. Okay, my spirit is blood washed under God. I'm sitting in heavenly places and there is no accusation going on in my heart. If your conscience doesn't accuse you, the Bible says that you can ask anything from God and it will be done for you. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean we can be seared in our conscience and do wrong. It means that if you are, with what the law is in your heart, you can't help it. Okay? So if you don't understand the blood of Jesus, okay, and even while understanding the blood of Jesus, if you do things that are outside of the law, because the law has not been destroyed, the law remains. It's just that the conscience has been purified. Okay? So you can have a conscience under the law, or you can have a conscience under grace. They're two different types. Okay, and I teach it, you get on my, my podcast, I teach on weak conscience, strong conscience, all this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, your conscience is the one that determines right and wrong. Do you understand that? It determines right and wrong. You, you, even a Gentile has a conscience. Okay, I tell them, you might not know God, and you might be doing all the wrong things, but your conscience will get to you. It is, when people go, it's why the Italian mafia is probably better than all the other mafias, is because they go to church and they take communion and you'll see that the Godfather is always, okay, saying, Father, I have sinned. Okay, it's because of his conscience. You understand? The other guys, maximum last five years. <laughs> all the Indian mafia, Sri Lankan mafia, all five years. Because, because for them, they have no ability to go under the blood. <laughs> you understand? These guys, they, have, they know something. Okay, but they still, it gets to them because they don't know the blood of Jesus that washes you white as snow. What's the song? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Who can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What's that? No, it's the blood. Come on. Me white as snow. Come on. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Woo! You see? So this conscience, okay, if it is condemned, okay, it now the technology of the New Testament is amazing. It wasn't there before, okay? That is why David had to pay with his own son. He didn't have the ability to go in and sort his conscience out. Come on, Jesus. Shall I show you the light detector test of, of, of the Old Testament? Numbers 5. Just jump there. Okay? Numbers 5. Just jump there. This is just awesome. Numbers 5. This is so good. Is it Numbers 5? Yeah. Numbers 5. So check this out. A guy wakes up in the, in the morning. Okay? I'm sorry, ladies. Okay? Uh, we'll have to talk to the Lord about <laughs> all these stories. Okay? But... Uh, but I'm sure they had some, uh, one for guys as well, okay? Because it's a conscience, okay? So he, here it is. The guy can wake up in the morning. He feels that his wife is cheating on him. It's just a feeling. 
okay? He feels, I don't know, something wrong with this girl, you know? The food is not so good anymore. <laughs> She's staying up night all night, SMS is going up and down, okay? Something's going on, okay? And he, he wakes up next day, he takes her to the priest, okay? And look what he does. In verse 18, he says this. He says in verse, in, in verse 16, And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the, before the Lord. The priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel, is it there, and take some of the dust that is on the floor of the tabernacle and put it in the water. So basically, they just take plain water, okay, and dust in the tabernacle. So I'm telling you, the tabernacle was the cleanest, cleanest, cleanest place you can ever imagine. So there was no contamination in dust, okay. So he just takes very clean dust. Let's put it like that, okay. Then the priest shall stand with the woman before the Lord. Now watch this. It will uncover the woman's head. I love that. If you understand the mystical nature of God, when you're uncovered, you're in big trouble. Okay? Because as long as she's covered, nothing happens. Uncovers her head. Okay? Beautiful. It's just so, so, there's so much here. Okay? He uncovers the woman's head and puts an offer, and put her hand on the offering. Okay? Very. For remembering in her hand. Okay? And now watch this. In verse 19, and she'll give it, he'll give the water to her, and the priest shall put her under, say under oath. This is very important here. I'm getting to some place. He gets her to profess. He gets her to confess. He gets her to say. And what she says is, if I am a woman that has not cheated on my husband, I can drink this water and I'll be completely okay. But if under oath, I have cheated on my husband, as I drink this water, I will get a cancer and I will die now. Everyone's going quiet. That's the story. That's exactly the story. Okay? And I won't go into the details of it, but the story is that depending on what her heart is saying, her conscience is saying, her conscience is speaking, and her mouth is saying, if there's a disparity, finished. Come on. Okay? Do you, do you understand this? Today, we are wondering why we are sick. We're just eating normal stuff. They'll say, but I was eating good food. How did I get sick? I'm not saying that you're all in adultery. I'm just saying that different things condemn us. Including the food we're eating. Including the food. And we're eating it with the conscience that is accusing us, and we're eating it, and they're wondering why we're sick. Come on. <laughs> you get it? Because our conscience is not blood-washed. So this woman didn't have the technology that you have. If she had the technology, she would inside her heart say, it doesn't matter, even if I, I'm not saying this right, please. It doesn't matter, even if I've cheated right now, I'm going to drink this. I might even lie, but oh God, you need to help me. I trust in your blood. But she didn't have the technology. It wasn't released that her spirit was cleansed by the blood of Jesus. She was in the patterns and the cycles of the natural man. Come on, did you just get that? So, understanding that 1 John 3.20, okay? I love this verse. This verse has just spoken to me so much. You know, I was, uh, a couple of uh, uh, months ago, I was, uh, a guy came up to me, and a very loving, beautiful person, came and, uh, in my church, came and sold me some money for a vehicle, okay? Um, now, normally, all my vehicles I buy with my own money, okay? I've never bought a vehicle with 
with sort of churchmen, they weren't pretty like that. So they came and said, you need to buy a vehicle. And then the couple of leaders got together and said, yeah, we're going to get you the best vehicle. You need to buy the vehicle and all. And so I was going to buy the vehicle anyways, but for the first time, the church was so gracious and they love us so much. They said, okay, take the money. And I went, okay, and I gave the money to a guy who was a car dealer when I gave him the money. <laughs> okay, but before I knew it, okay, he has changed his profession and left the country, okay, <laughs> with my money. And this is church money, okay? So what happened was condemnation is not sin, ladies and gentlemen. People think if you're sinning, you're condemned anyways. Condemnation happens in different ways. That's why this story is very relevant to you. You don't have to be sinning. You don't have a love affair with cake, but you're condemned when you're eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you have a love affair with cake. <laughs> okay. but, but you see, it's a condemnation. So I didn't know that I was condemned. I didn't know. Please understand, this is very important to get it. I didn't know. So when I lost the money, I wrote to all my leaders. I said, I'm really sorry, you know, you gave me this money. If I, I've lost millions of dollars of my own money. Millions. Okay, I'm a businessman. Millions. I don't think twice about it. But when it was someone else who gave me the, the money, oh, man. I didn't realize it. I was like, okay, we can move forward like this. But what I said to everyone, like, hey, guys, you know what? We lost this money. Uh, really sorry. Please forgive us. We will just buy a normal car. Okay? What they wanted us to buy was Range Rover Sport, the new one. Okay? Okay, nice vehicle. Okay? So, so we lost that. Okay? And we, I said, no, no, it's okay. We just, we just, I'm a pastor. Come on. We'll just live normally. You know, we don't need Range Rover Sport. Okay, I'll just I'll do BMW or something like that, you know, <laughs> or Mercedes or something. Okay, <laughs> so 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 we that's what I had before. Okay, so um, so then we 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 said okay, we'll just we, we don't do Range Rover Sport. No need. We don't need to do it. Till after that, I started getting sick. Now I didn't understand why I was getting sick. Okay, now I'm a faith healer. I heal people. I'm like doing well, but I was getting sick. And I didn't understand until I turned up at a service one day, and it's very important to listen to whoever, even if there's a 10-year-old speaking, you've got to listen to it like God is going to talk. Please understand that, you know? And it doesn't matter who was speaking. There was a guy speaking, okay? And he told the congregation to ask the question, okay? He said, ask the question, how did you get into this situation, okay? Because now, I've been invited to that service as the big man of power. Now, but no one knows except for few know that I'm sick, okay? So, now I'm the one who's supposed to be doing the miracles and all that, but this guy did something profound He's on stage. He said, you know, you've got to ask yourself how you got into this situation. I started talking to everybody, and uh, why you're in the, in the place that you're in. And ask the Holy Spirit, what lie that is it that you're believing? What lie is it that you're believing? You need to ask that. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, he'll lead you into all truth. What lie are you believing? And so, I said, okay, how do, yeah, how do I get sick? You know, the wages of sin is death. I'm not in sin. So how am I sick? I'm not in sin. How am I sick? I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what lie am I believing? And then I heard him so clearly. And he said, number one, that you're sick. <laughs> okay? Number two, he said, you're condemned. Condemned about what? About the car. I'm like, whoa. And I realized that because I was condemned, the enemy had access. Because why? I'm now no longer born from above. Okay? 
Anytime we're doing just Mercedes and BMW, we're still born from below. <laughs> he likes it, he likes it. <laughs> he likes it. No, I'm just joking about that, okay? I'm just joking. You can, you can be doing Toyota, uh, Hyundai, bike, it doesn't matter. But every time you go higher, it means a little more of above is coming lower, okay? That's what it means, okay? So you have to understand that I like, oh my God, I'm sick because I made a decision that was natural. You will see that as Christianity, the word is revealed, you realize that God's offense is you being natural, especially when he has given you the divine nature. Your, the sin, the sinning is different. The sin comes because you are a natural man. He does not like that you are normal. He says, Kirby, you are the guy who preaches stuff and you are now trying to just do this again, you know, live a life with the previous, with the old baggage. Hmm? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you go back to Sri Lanka, I was in America at the time, and you buy yourself the Range Rover Sport. Okay? And I came back. And I made the decision. I'm like, hey, something wrong with this. I said, I want, this was now one year later, I've given, one year after giving the money, I said, I want to buy, the, I called the, the agent, I said, hey, you know, the Range Rover Sport, now, I've not got my money back, they have taken the money and run out, okay? A, a Range Rover Sport in Sri Lanka is about $300,000. You have to understand, it's very expensive, tax is very high, okay? He's taken the money and run off. I came back home, I said, we're buying it, I'm going to raise the funds, I don't care how, I'm going to buy the, buy the, the Sport. I called the agent. While I'm calling the agent, and after I put the phone down, my symptoms just disappeared. Ah! Hold on. Why? Because I'm coming out of condemnation. Yeah. And guess what? Not even one hour, was it one hour later? It was one hour later, the guy who didn't call me for one year, the one who took the money, <laughs> called me when I decided to buy a vehicle and said, I've got your money, I'm ready to pay. Now. John, 1 John 3, you don't understand how condemned you are. Every time Jesus is revealed, it will take you out of condemnation. Every revelation of the goodness of God takes you like an onion, it unpeels another layer of condemnation. Okay? The more condemnation is peeled off, will be glorified every single day. You understand? God is waiting for his children to be completely glorified, looking like him, like the son, in the likeness of the image of the son of God. Okay, come on, okay, come on, Jesus, okay, so, and if you don't like prosperity, I think you're in the wrong church, <laughs> okay, we don't love money, okay, we don't, we don't, we don't love that system, okay, but we love every good and perfect gift, and believe me, Range Rover Sport is good, perfect gift, okay, <laughs> okay, trust me, okay. You might dispute it now till you get in it, okay, <laughs> and start driving it. Okay, now, understand 1 John 3. So are you ready? 1 John 3. Jesus, we thank you. 1 John 3. Our language is different when we are condemned. That's why her language was different when you're condemned. The Bible says the love is perfected among us in this way. How? That in the day of judgment, that we will not face or desire or understand that we will get a penalty. That's what it says. Love is mature 
that in days of judgment, when people are judging, and people say, well, that's what needs to happen. He's talking of seasons and time. He did this, so this, he sowed, so he's going to reap. He sowed, so he's going to reap. Huh? No way. That's old system. Okay? Jesus sowed, and I'm reaping. You understand that? He, he has, I can use the word, trumped the system. <laughs> this is life, so it's okay. All right? He, he has overpowered the system. Okay? That old seasonal thing is gone. Okay? No matter what you have done, you don't need to pay for it. I'm freeing you. I'm freeing you. When you understand that you don't need to pay for it, love gets mature and you are transformed. You are never transformed under legalism and penalty. You are never transformed under that system. You understand that? You're only transformed in the face of love. Come on, man. Do you understand that? If you want your children to be transformed, no penalty, love. If you want your church to be transformed, no penalty, love. You want a people and nation to be transformed, no penalty, love. Do you understand that? In the face of that, truth comes out and people's conscience are affected. So much so that God gives a solution for your enemies. He says when your enemy is doing something wrong to him, the word he says, when he says that coals will be on his head, it says that his conscience will be on fire. That's the passion translation. He says when you're loving your enemies, what you're dealing with is conscience. And when his conscience is on fire, he's, remember he's, he's a Gentile, so his thoughts are accusing him and excuse him. As his thoughts accuse him, he gets hit by the next bus. Yeah, that's the way we get rid of our enemies. <laughs> we love them into accidents. <laughs> what, what catches up on every man, especially if they don't have blood, is their conscience. Trust me. We've seen this happen. I'm not hoping for it to happen. I'm just being me and loving them. Then they realize this guy's a good guy then they're in big trouble. As they realize that. But as long as they think I'm a bad guy and doing it, nothing happens to them. They are, they're winning. And if I don't manifest Christ, they'll always think I'm a bad guy and that they're justified in what they're doing. But as I, as I manifest Christ, the Bible says that his conscience catches fire. Yeah. As his conscience catches fire, he gets sick. If, hold on, now he's got an option. He's got to deal with his conscience. What are you going to do? I did Kirby wrong. Yeah. And what is there to do? Take the same blood that I've taken. Yeah, because they have this passage, 1 John 3. You need to pay me for this stuff, man. This is good stuff. You know? <laughs> 1 John 3. Check this out. So good. I'll tell you. Yes. It's a good word. I love it. It's a good, good God with a good, good word. Okay? 1 John 3. Now watch this. Verse 18. My little children... My little children, let us not love in words or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Say truth. Verse 19. By this we know that we are of the truth. Say by this we know that we are the truth. Okay? By what? Watch this. By this we know that we are the truth. This is how you know that you are in truth. That's huge. Because grace and truth works together. Okay? By this we know that we are of truth. What? That we shall assure our hearts before him. That means before God we need to... Have you ever heard this statement? It's a, it's a fully loaded statement. I need to assure God. Not assure you. Constantly when I'm with God, 
I need to assure him. He needs my assurance. The word before him is in his presence. I need to assure him. We are always looking for assurance from him. But that's not what it says. When we are in his presence, we've got to assure him. Abraham going up the mountain. He tells the people, he's telling God, I trust you. He's got a promise that he's going to have generations. And now suddenly, the word comes that he needs to give his only begotten son. It's like you've got a promise that you are going to make a million dollars. And then suddenly, you're supposed to sell your house and sell your car and go by bus. That's exactly what Abraham was doing. He's got that he will have his son, but every step he's taking up the mountain, he's going the opposite way. Fate is not a cognitive affair, ladies and gentlemen. You think fate is cognitive that he's going up the mountain and thinking, I have fate, I have fate. No, he's going up the mountain assuring God, I trust you. Every step, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Closer to the calamity, his trust is getting greater. You understand that? So when we are selling the car, we need to assure him that we trust the promise. God, I'm just selling my car. I know that you, I promised a million dollars. I'm supposed to go in a Mercedes, but at this moment, I'm going by train or bus. But you know what? I trust you. You don't know, you don't know this guy. I trust you. I trust you. Okay? When the symptoms is kicking in in your sickness, okay, and it's getting more every single day, you're like, oh, my God. And the doctor's report says, oh, no, it's getting worse and worse. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I trust you. I'm assuring my heart before him. And the word heart there is conscience. You got it? It's a blood-washed conscience. Sons speak differently. Sons don't speak like servants. We are not natural. Natural circumstances might happen, but our profession, our confession is not like the woman who was under oath. Our confession is the trust in the God and his blood. Come on. Okay? Now watch it. And then he says, by this we know that we are the truth. That we shall assure our hearts before him. Watch this. For if our hearts condemn us, the word their hearts is conscience, passion translation. If our conscience condemns us, God is greater than our conscience. Yeah. Woo! If our conscience does not condemn us, is it there? Okay? We, the word confidence is, is very important. We have confidence in God. That's what it says. We have confidence towards God. Is it there? And whatever we ask, we receive. Whatever we ask, we receive. If our conscience is not condemning us, whatever we ask, we receive. Come on. Okay? And the word confidence there has, is the word parousia, which means I have the right profession. The word parousia means confession. My confession is I trust you. I trust you. I'm a son of God. It might not look like now. My bank account might not reflect it. My sin, but I trust you. So it's a heart affair that you have with God. You're continuously assuring God, I know that the circumstance of the natural man looks adverse to me, but I trust you. So my confidence, my parousia, my confession to him is of absolute trust. People who pray condemned get nothing. Nothing. You pray condemn. You, you tell him that you can't take the blood. And I'm going to pray like a natural man. Nothing happens. 
You have to start your prayer with saying, God, though I'm going through this, I trust you. I'm going through hell at this moment of time, but I know for sure that you are my God. I know that I can trust you. You see, he loves that. He loves, he's waiting for you to say. You, you, did you get it? So therefore, we should now not let our conscience be condemned. It's blood washed. How we pray is very important. He watches over our prayers. Okay, now, we'll close with Hebrews 3. So, look at this. Look at this. Therefore, holy brothers, Hebrews 3. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of the? Huh? Earthly? No. If you're a divine being, okay, you're a partaker of heaven, then consider the apostle and the high priest. But he's a high priest over what? Have you ever heard that before? See it again. Jesus is a high priest over your confession. Come on. When you, yeah, thank you. He's a high priest over your confession. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so, so important. You will see the word continuously used, how he is looking at our confession. When Jesus said that I only do what the Father is doing and see what the Father is seeing and say what the Father is saying. You remember he said it in John 5? People bring that to, oh God, Jesus was so obedient to the Father. It's not about obedience. It's not. Because if you look at John 5, the argument that the Pharisees are having with him is they're saying, you, being a man, you think that you are equal with God. His response to them was not this submissive religious thing that people are teaching you about. His response to them was, I am a chip of the old block. You're saying that I'm equal with God. He said, do you know that a little dog is a dog? Hmm? A little monkey is a monkey. A little God is a God. Now wait, hold on. His confession there was as a son of God. That's why he came as a son, so that you can be sons. You can be sons. That's why sons, sons, sons. Otherwise, he could have made you servants. He could have made you, he, he would have never brought the DNA in. So he says, look guys, you are saying that I'm equally God, but do you know I only do what God does? I only speak what God speaks. I only see what God will speak. Do you understand that? So the question that you need to ask is over your situation, if it's a financial situation, ask now, what does God, the Father, think about your financial situation? Ask him, ask him now, ask him now, whatever your situation is. Is it a problem in your body? Ask him now, close your eyes, ask, Father, what do you think of this situation? What do you think of my situation with, with me struggling with my finances? What is the Father saying? Ask him now, ask him, hear him. Hear him, hear him, hear him. What do you think of this sickness, God? What do you think? The sickness that I'm going through for so many years. What do you think? Look at me. What do you say? Nothing. Nothing. That's like from slogan from Nike. Impossible is nothing. It's Adidas, is it? Okay. Okay. What did he say? Uh, he said, uh, like, like he said, nothing. 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 Yeah. When you hear the father, it will always be like, this is just crazy stuff. Like, you don't understand my situation. But he will say, impossible is nothing. He said, do you know who you are? Do you know who I am? 
I sit on the heads of cherubim. You know who I am. You know who you're doing. You see, every time you hear, yeah, every, every time you hear the Father speak, okay, it will be so big, and then you are supposed to say, I will only, I can't afford to say anything that the Father is not saying. So when a guy comes and tells you about his situation, you can't afford to naturalize it. You can't afford to logi logicalize it. You can't afford to be rational about it. Are you a son? Are you a human being or a son? Okay, sons talk like sons. So in your life, unless you hear the father, you will hear human logic in your situation. And that's why you're in the mess you're in because you're just a natural man. And what happened to Jesus who brought you sonship? So we can't afford to do anything unless God is doing it. We can't afford to say anything unless God is saying it. I remember Prophet Kobus Jr. He, I, didn't, I think Prophet Kobus appeared in one of them. They crashed their car, okay? Sports car, they love their cars. They crashed the sports car, pieces. Annalise, of course, we love her very much, but she was blasting him on the side of the road. You can imagine, I don't know if you met Annalise. She's crazy, okay? So, so she was like giving it to him. Like, I can't believe you went out last night and you smashed the car, the sports car is in pieces. Luckily, he, not, he wasn't harmed. He's sitting at the side of the road like this with his head in his hand, you know, he smashed the sports car, okay? And Prophet Kobus comes driving in his <laughs> nice car and says, hey, son, get in. What will the father do? What will the father do? And he said, you know what? Get into the car. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so messed up. Hey, whose son are you? Come on. Hmm? Come on. Get into the car. And he goes, drive straight into the new showroom. Okay? And then he goes and he says, son, today is the day for your upgrade. What will the father say about your situation? When you hear the father, everything changes. But you can only hear this kind of stuff if, you're, if your conscience is blood washed. If your conscience is not blood washed and you're still under the law, you can't even hear. This stuff will be an offense to you. This stuff will be an offense to you. What is he talking about? He's talking about Range Rovers and that. What is that saying? Don't be condemned. Don't be condemned. God loves you. When you're 90 and ready to go, he will say, not now. It doesn't matter, no matter what age, he, say, he will say, I'm an eternal being. I like you to rub shoulders with me a little longer. Come on. And there's no point of time will the father tell you anything less. Every time the father speaks, it will cause you to have awesome faith. And that's why we don't want to hear the father because when you hear him speak, he will say things that are so crazy, so out of the box, it's going to be hard for you to believe. But guess who he's talking about? He's talking about his boy. You. You understand that? We can't afford to stay condemned. And condemnation is not because of sin. If you're in sin, you're not supposed to be condemned anyway. You're supposed to get into truth. Come to a pastor, tell, be bold before the throne of grace. That means have confidence before the throne of grace. Come in, show your heart of truth. Okay? And God gives you the power to stop it. No one is asking you to be in sin. Please understand, I hate sin. I've challenged anyone to live a holy life like I live. You understand that? People in grace live holy lives. Holy lives. Much, I can guarantee you, if you're a legalist, you're in sin. I'll write it and give it to you. If you're a legalist, you're in sin. You're hiding it. But you can't hide it from us. Okay? But we who are in grace, it's hard for us to sin. 
Why? Because our, we are transformed. Our conscience is washed by the blood of Jesus. Every time you fall, we are like on an escalator. You know, if, you, if you're on the law, you fall down, you fall down the stairs. But you're, if you're in grace, it's like by the time you fall, by the time you wake, get up, you're up, on, up there. You're on an escalator. And this is why the Bible says the righteousness of faith speaks. The righteousness of faith speaks. I'm going to say it again. It says, Romans 10, the righteousness of faith, it speaks. It's confession. It's profession. He's a high priest over our confessions. Okay. We're going into miracles. Last verse. Last verse. Okay, Hebrews 10. Okay, Hebrews 10. Last, no, last one, last one, last one. No, no. I know more, 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 but no. Last one, okay? But will you focus on the last one? Because it closes it. It closes it. Okay. All right. Now watch this. Okay. Because I need the same excitement for miracles. You see, I love the way you said the word. Okay. Because the same excitement for miracles. Because if this atmosphere of glory can be kept at home, when you go home, okay, you'll have miracles at home. Okay. Angels are looking at your heart condition and your mouth what it's saying. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. A good man will bring forth good things out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart. If you believe that you're a son of God, the last thing you'll be saying is anything natural. When it rains, you'll say, stop. You understand it? When someone is going down and his life is not working out, you'll say, are you crazy? Do you know that if I speak into your life, your life will change forever. When, he, when, he's, when he's praying for the sick, he's praying from a situation where he's already seated and there is no context if you want to have faith faith rests on a mature conscience a blood-washed conscience that's what timothy says that faith rests on a blood-washed conscience the mystery of faith itself okay are you ready now watch this hebrews 10 are you ready okay last bit okay verse 20 okay no uh, verse 19 therefore brothers having what boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of jesus come on you see the word boldness there is the same word it means I have the freedom of speech. I can come and say, Dad. It's not even saying Father. You know, it's old to say Father. Okay? In the New Testament, it's Abba. Dad. Okay? We have boldness to enter the most holy place. Is it there? That's where your spirit is. Am I correct? Your spirit is there. But Jesus has gone through the veil for you. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his Flesh, is it there? Verse 21. And having a high priest, come on, here we go again, over the house of God, let us draw near, bitter. So that's important. Grace and truth goes together with a true heart in the full assurance of faith. So there's not just assurance, we are fully assured, okay, of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. When I go before the holiest of all, I go, Dad. There is no sense of condemnation. And I can go, you know why people hide in fig leaves? Because that's the system. They hide under fig leaves because they don't know that there is grace. So people who are in sin and not in truth, you're not in grace. That's why you're in sin, but you can't be in truth. You're covering your sin, but the person who knows that the blood washes the conscience, the technology is available, the woman who was in adultery could go, Jesus, you know that I am an adulterer. Oh God, but I need my prayers answered. I can't do it unless your blood. You understand that? So now we go in complete truth. Why we are so sure there's a demand on the blood to wash my conscience. Come on. You got it? Yeah? 
So you go with a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an, this evil conscience, this conscience that is natural. Is it there? Is it there? Now watch this, verse 22. Watch this, verse 23. So then let us say hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who is promised is faithful. So three things, truth, knowing for sure that your conscience is sprinkled, and then confession, 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 confession. Your confession, not according to the natural. If you're going to confess natural things, shut up. Don't, mom's the word, don't say anything. <laughs> if someone says, how you're feeling? Are you, are you still sick? Is that still happening, happening to you? Is your body, all that? Just say, hmm. <laughs> if you if you if you your conscience still don't, doesn't, can't get there, then speak in tongues, get to faith, come here. Faith comes by hearing. So you come and hear the word and then it's like, I am, now today you'll go, I said, I am so, so free. I don't believe one lie. You see? And then you speak that. I promise you, you hold the assurance of your faith, your confession to the end of what you're saying. You watch what's going to happen. Man. God is good. Come on, Jesus. Come on, can we do God things now?